0: Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast onto Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're travelling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try. And you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started.
1: No one was really rooting for me to kind of be any sort of success me being the creative one as well there wasn't really that much expectation on me I was so scared, I thought there was so much cash up front, I was really nervous and I didn't tell anyone but I bought them in and I just started selling them and then I realised actually I was making a margin on them.
0: It's a very fine line for me, if it's someone I love or it's my family, I always feel like I'm very
1: hesitant to tell them something until it's like 110%. I told my cousin, his first reaction was like what if you end up like the guy from Pursuit of Happiness. I knew it was a small amount to start off with and I wasn't going to go big or go home at that point. I don't think it needs to be all or nothing. I do think being an influencer is not easy. I'm not gonna be an influencer. I've never really liked being considered that. Mm. I'm more than that, I'm a businesswoman. I just feel more confident in the decisions I make. So I don't need the validation from anyone anymore. And I knew I needed to change, so I made a change. If something doesn't work for you, you can make a change. I change things a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm glad. Not everything needs to be massive, not everything needs to be so overwhelmingly that like, your goals don't need to be miles away. Like, your goals can be achievable.
0: Nikki, Welcome to Millennial Mind. Hello. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: I am buzzing to be here. It's
0: so nice because I feel like I've followed your page for ages. And even before you came, uh, someone asked me, have you met her before? And I said no. But I feel like we've just got along so well. I know, I know. We've had to stop our conversation <laughs> to be like, no, let's talk about it in the podcast. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, you've created such an incredible brand and you have such a good online presence and such a supportive
1: community. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to the beginning. So did you go to university? Yes, I okay. went to university. I, um, well, during school... I was always very creative okay and I'm like I'm the only girl and the youngest in my family
0: oh really?
1: yeah so I feel like me being the creative one as well there wasn't really that much expectation on me whereas a lot of South a- Asian girls they have um, their family putting a lot of pressure on them I almost had the opposite so I feel as though no one was really rooting for me to kind of be any sort of success I don't think in terms of money and like growth anything like that I just think the vibe was, oh, she's just doing her artwork. She was the creative one. She likes to dance. She likes to do this. So everyone just kind of left me to it, Got which it. is fine. And there was, there was support there as well. But there was just a lack of expectation and things like that. So Did that work for you in your favour or against you? I would like to say in my favour because I'm looking at where I'm at now. Okay. And I think a lot of, um, the, well, the reason why I started what I did was um, based on proving people wrong. I think there was an element of that. Wow. So you know there's either like positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement. I felt that actually at the time. Now, now I look back anyway. But um, yeah, with uh, uni, so mm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I actually <laughs> wanted to work for DreamWorks or Pixar. And I wanted to do all of that kind of thing. Okay. And I was uh, quite excited. I pitched the idea to my family. They were literally like, what the hell? Would you make <laughs> computer animation? Where's this come from? Okay. And I ended up trying so hard to convince everyone... That when I actually got to uni and I did, wasn't enjoying it, I felt like a failure. I was just like, I've let everyone down. Um, also, I can't see how this is going to be a career for me. It was very kind of, I don't know. The people were very introverted. It's more right. of like a, I don't know. It wasn't. Yeah, as, do you know what I mean. I'm in like a room chatting. with like fifty men, oh, honestly, <laughs> looking honestly. down at their computer. Yeah, yeah. and they, they'd like work through the night and then sleep all day. And it was, it was an environment where I was like, that actually isn't me at all. I'm yeah. quite outgoing, quite confident, I'm quite mm-hmm. I like you know presenting stuff like that and I thought oh, I might have picked the wrong thing here but it taught me loads um in terms and I use a lot of those skills now in my business so mm-hmm. I'm I'm so glad still that I did that but it was a challenge because I knew in my first year this wasn't for me right and I literally was, I didn't even contemplate but not finishing the degree, I just carried on. Yeah, carried on, finished it. Um, tried my best. Wasn't my heart yeah. wasn't in it. Yeah, but it's cool. I left uni, and I did have like a, a moment where I felt very lost. I'd say about six months. I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I um, felt really down, actually, because I thought I'd let my family down a bit, because they've always been supportive and like let me do my creative thing, and then it didn't quite work out. Mm. So I then got uh, a job in London. Okay. It's like a, a, I was basically a project manager for a mobile app company, which right. was fun at the time. I got to work within a small business. Still not really going down a certain path or anything, not sure where I would end up. Um, but, yeah, I did enjoy that, and um, but I still wasn't fulfilled at all and that's when right. I started doing my bits on the side and tell so. me about that what bits on the side were you doing? so I think i don't know i'm not really good I wasn't really good with spare time at that point, okay. I, I wasn't really good at chilling, I think so I used to do quite a lot. Um, When I was at school, I used to go to school, then I used to go to dance practice, then I used to go to competitions. And I was always doing stuff in the evenings. so I wasn't really good at chilling. Very different now. (laughs) But um, I then just started kind of um, seeing if I could make any extra cash or like use my time productively in the evenings. And um, I started selling some unwanted clothes and jewellery. Um, on eBay and Depop. Remember right. Depop when yeah, it first yeah. came out? Um, I use Vinted now.
0: Yeah. Great. It's going to be good. Yeah, I love it. Oh, good. It's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: um, this is not a Vinted app, it should be though. I, uh, yeah, I focused on that for a little bit, just on the side, just make some extra cash. Um, that I could just spend on silly things. It wasn't, mm-hmm. There was no like real intention behind it. But then when someone would place an order and I was packaging it, yeah. and putting a little label on, I was like, Oh, you know, I felt something. Okay. And um, I wondered, yeah, I just enjoyed it. I did that for a, a while and I ended up making like two grand. Obviously not make those old clothes or something, you yeah. can profit. But it was kind of like, actually, this is, there's some money in this. If I can just market things online and sell them. And um, I was just doing something. So I didn't really tell anyone, just like something I was doing for myself. And then um, I thought, what can I buy in and then sell on? Mm-hmm. Um so this was back in 2014. So back in the day, this was when statement necklaces were like all the craze. And um I wanted to buy some in, yeah, and see if I could sell them on Depop. And I remember I only bought my first order was like 20. Okay. And I was so scared. I thought it was so much cash up front. I was really nervous. Um and I didn't tell anyone, but I bought them in and I just started selling them and then I realized actually I was making a margin on them. And then I had to start thinking, okay, right, if I'm selling them for this and I'm going to be paying this much for the postage and I, was like, I started working things out and then I realized mm. I had this little little plan going on and it all just like gradually turned into something and then I realized I really enjoyed it and I um, started thinking oh, I need a logo I need more of a presence online and then I started creating this website but the best thing about it was it was something I did in private like I didn't tell anyone so I was just doing my own little thing and having fun with it and experimenting. And there was no pressure financially because I still have my full-time job. So mm-hmm. I was just having fun. Um, and then it, like, gradually got more and more serious. But And yeah. why do you think that was the best bit about it, of it being in private? Um, I think because I didn't welcome in any unsure opinions. There was one I did welcome in. Um, I've spoken about it before. But um, so I told my cousin. Right. And um, his first reaction was, like, what if you end up like the guy from Pursuit of Happiness? And, you know, when he just, like, literally is broke as anything because he's, like, bought all these bone density scanners That's and stuff. so funny. And I was like, I literally bought in 20 necklaces. I was thinking, why has he said that? And it, it didn't really affect anything. I was kind of, I was set on this. I could already mm-hmm. already on their way. Like, I was just going to see what was going on. And it was, I knew it was a small amount to start off with. I wasn't going to go big or go home at that point. I, d- I don't think it needs to be all or nothing sometimes when you're starting a business and working out what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have those kind of opinions circulating a little bit amongst my loved ones, which was even right. harder to swallow sometimes. It's yeah. different from strangers, but when it's people you love. You, know, you actually respect and care about and you know that looking out for you, you do think, actually, am I being silly? Um, it was more of like a banter type yeah. comment. So I didn't take it too much to heart, but then I thought, you know I'll keep this to myself. And, yeah, I had a little bit of negative reinforcement from my, my relationship at the time and stuff. Mm-hmm. kind of thinking, what are you doing? What was the point? Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually drove me more so um, I just carried on doing it because I I was already working as in I knew I could sell stuff online because I was already selling like my um, unwanted clothes and things like that so it wasn't I knew I'd be able to sell them it wasn't like I'd done it randomly so um, yeah just kind of backed myself at that point and went for it and I was building an audience on there and getting feedback Mm. and that was just a nice like um, I don't know circle of positive reinforcement that I was enjoying so I just carried on and it expanded from there basically
0: It's a really fine line for me, though, if someone tells me something in a jokey way, Mm -hmm. because I'm a very sensitive person. So if someone gave me that comment and I was a little bit doubtful, and I think when you're starting a business with anyone and with anything you do, you always have some form of limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. and you always have a little bit of self-doubt when you're doing something new because it's uncomfortable. And if someone says something to you as a joke, sometimes it can play in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be in your conscious. You can be like, that didn't bother me. Yeah. But in the back of your head, that is reinforcing that doubt you already have. And that's really interesting to me that you just let that go and then didn't continue to tell anyone. I think that's the best way forward because same, same with you. When I has had my podcast, I had two episodes recorded. I didn't release them and then there was one person and it was a guy at the time as well. And he was like, you always say you're gonna do it and you don't do it. Right. And I was so angry that he said that, that Mm. I was like, right, I'm starting. And we weren't together anyway when I started my podcast. But it was such a good thing for me to do that. But it is a fine line, because someone could say it to you and you could just loathe and be really sad. But then someone else could say it to you and you want to kind of get your revenge. Mm. So you're like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Uh, But it's a very fine line for me. If it's someone I love or it's my family... I always feel like I'm very hesitant to tell them something until it's like 110%. Yeah,
1: 100%.
0: Because if I tell them there's an opportunity there or there's a scope and then it doesn't go through, I feel like I've let them down. Even though they haven't said that to me, I yeah. feel like oh, I hyped you up for this thing that was going to happen. It didn't go through. So I just now never say anything until it's 110%.
1: I actually don't think you should. There's a saying that if you say, for example, if you're going to drop loads of pounds, you go to the gym. If you say it to someone and they're like, oh, that's really good. You've already got that satisfaction from them. So you actually don't follow through sometimes. It's like the psychology of it. So if you actually constantly verbalize everything you're about to do rather than announce it like when it's done, then part of you might not follow through because you've already got that praise. That's so So, um, true. So that's something uh, I read in a book like back in the day and I really started to think about it. And then I thought as well, the comments, any negatives or comments sting me more if I'm not sure myself. And when I'm building something, I'm never going to be sure until it's there, until it's ready. Therefore, I'm not ready or equipped to handle any comments until it's there. So true. So I keep things to myself now it's hard though because it makes it even more nerve-wracking when it it comes to announcing something because you've built up all of this pressure and energy in yourself and you're excited and you're proud and if you don't get that response back it will knock you down we feel like it might knock you down even more Mm. but honestly if you're getting knocked all the way along you'll take longer to get where you want to be so I just think work and you're doing it for yourself anyway and I've also Mm. said it before as well that like I do think business ideas and things like that are like a baby's name in that expecting parents don't share what they're, they're gonna call their children because ultimately it's no one's business and they don't want any unwanted opinions. They don't wanna yeah. see anyone's reaction on their face when they say it. They keep it to themselves, or well, a lot of them do. And um, I think why should anything you're doing for yourself be any different? Just, yeah, it's yours. You don't need mm. other people's opinions. They shouldn't be able to affect them. Even like someone raising an eyebrow can affect how you feel about something. So true, microaggressions in any form. Because
0: you don't know. I think also people are very sensitive in different ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm very expressive. So if I'm like, okay, then people would be like, she doesn't like it because I'd normally be like, oh my God, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Whilst for other people that wouldn't necessarily be there. Mm-hmm. So it depends on who you're talking to as well. You can you can assume something or if I'm just having a bad day and I'm like, oh, that's really good and I'm not like, oh my God, that's amazing. Then yeah. you could think, oh no, Shwani doesn't like it now yeah. and that's made me feel awful and why wasn't her reaction like this? And yeah. people are all different as well. So... That kind of expectation is really difficult because you want someone to jump for joy when you're telling them a brand new yeah, idea, right? Yeah. You want them to be like, oh, "That's insane! I've never heard that before. That's so cool." Some people will just be like, "Good for you," mm. and that's exactly how I felt with my podcast as well in the beginning. Some people would be like, "Oh, that's cool," mm. and I'd be like, that's "Okay, a nice little
1: thing for you to do, yeah, like, just yeah, small, Everything exactly. That oh, would... that's a nice little hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah I <laughs> no, know. I've been there. <laughs> oh, honestly, but yeah.
0: So then you, so you started doing this." A small business in terms of you were selling other people's jewellery?
1: Well, I was buying things in from suppliers and selling them on. I wasn't doing okay. anything myself yet. So um, I just realised there was potential in that. And mm-hmm. then um, I just started uh, growing it. Okay. Um, and it was honestly, I used to feel such a thrill when I'd be at work I'd look at my phone, I'd see a couple of orders come through, and I'm like, "Oh, ooh. Just still a little- on Depop? Yeah, Depop. Or on your website? Um, and then I gradually moved to my website, so this okay. was um, a couple of months after that. And what but was your was- website called? It was Nikita by Nikki. It's still the same. That was the start, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I've recently rebranded, literally, Good. very recently, and it's all been really exciting, but I think looking, I've been like kind of forced to look back at everything from the beginning recently. And yeah, it's, it's nice, I've still got the same name. And I I don't even know why I came up with it. And even my brothers at the time. So I've got two older brothers. So I'm used to being like yeah. people picking at me and yeah, like me mick and like straightening me up. And I kind of need it. I like it. Um, so otherwise I can go off with the fairies. I've got that kind of yes. mind. No, so yeah. my older, my, yeah. I grew up with my cousins
0: and my older cousin. He always mocks me. Yeah. And he called me one day and he mocked me. And I was like, you know, you really upset me. And he was like, you know what? You need to toughen up. And he was like, <laughs> I'm saying it to you because if you can't handle me, you're not going to be able to handle this lifestyle. Yeah. And I was like, That's so true. And like now when he mocks me, I'm just like, oh, thank God he does. Because then if someone leaves me a hateful comment or someone's trolling
1: me, I'm just like, whatever. I I I completely agree. I'm glad that I've had that. Um, I feel like it's also helped me exercise some boundaries before, because I'm kind of used to... They're always testing the boundaries, so then mm. I can set them um, a bit easier with my brothers. And therefore, I kind of know, okay, actually, I don't like it when people do this. I don't like when people say that, but I do find it funny if we talk... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I take a joke, but I also know where my boundaries are. Yeah, So yeah, I've got my two older brothers. Thank for that. Yeah, I used to feel like a bit of a thrill when I'd see the orders come through when I was working at my full-time job. And I actually loved my full-time job, which is probably a narrative oh. you don't really hear. People like, oh, I hated my boss. I need to do something for myself. Mm-hmm. Loved my boss. Loved my job. I just... Don't know. I wanted a little bit more, and mm-hmm. I wanted. To, I I needed some self worth, if I'm honest. Like at that point, I still felt uh, I'd let people down. I still was in a toxic relationship where I like was made to feel like I wasn't good enough, and that this was for me, and it was filling me with confidence. So I kind of knew I needed to put more energy into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing both for ages, and it didn't feel like I had two jobs for ages because. I was enjoying it and it Mm -hmm. was for me and it wasn't a hobby and it wasn't really centred around money so it didn't feel like I was like no pressure yeah I wasn't burnt out or anything I was just enjoying it so I would obviously work um, during the week full time and then in the evenings and weekends um, with the help of my mum we used to package all my orders and everything make sure they got out so I was juggling a couple of things but I, I do remember not feeling overwhelmed Okay. Which is interesting because I feel that quite easily now. I was just going to (laughs) say, yeah. yeah. Now I'm dirty. Everything (laughs) overwhelms me. But back then I I was just enjoying it because it was my little hobby. Okay. Yeah, some people go and do this and that, but that was my little thing that I was doing and it filled me with confidence. And um, then I created the website. Right. Which was so much fun for me because I actually learned quite a lot of that at uni. Mm -hmm. The degree, which I thought was useless, actually ended up being very helpful in that. Right. So I created my first website, had it all set up. And then I remember my little launch day. Oh my God, the pictures of the necklaces were so funny. They were like, I had this fluffy cushion and I just put the necklaces on a fluffy cushion to a photo on my like, you know, first generation iPhone, iPhone yeah. honestly. But it all, it did still look like a little shop. Mm. And I think I would, I've always wanted that. I loved playing shops when I was younger. Okay. Always kind of imagined it for me, but then, you know, I was kind of forced to pick a degree. So then mm-hmm. went down that route. Um, yeah, it just felt really nice. And seeing my name in a logo format on the website was just really cool yeah. and then orders actually started coming in and I was like I made like £800 in um, f- like half an hour and I thought what the actual hell obviously that's just turnover it's not yeah different. yeah yeah um, and I just felt really powerful I was like oh my god people actually trust me and buy my yeah. stuff
0: but were you growing your influencer platform at this time like your yes. Instagram platform yeah right. so you were doing
1: both in tandem yeah so another funny thing about that was I had uh, back in the day 2015 we're talking 2014 Maybe even before that. I had around ten thousand followers. Which is a lot. Yeah, back then. It was quite a lot. And I, I didn't really know why I was getting followers or what what was going on. Well you're incredibly beautiful. Oh. <laughs> so maybe that's the reason. <laughs> oh, I think it was just like um I don't know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing outfits. I was going out with my mates quite a lot then. That was not they were my clubbing days. Okay. So like fine. It, was, it was the outfits, it was all that. And um uh I didn't really feel very good about it, but I thought, you know, it's quite nice to get the old compliment mm-hmm. here and there. And then it was fun posting with the girls and stuff. And we used to take pictures together. And it was, you know, that was the life back then, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, but when I got my full-time job, mm-hmm. I felt really embarrassed of it. As in, when my co-workers started following me on there, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, they're going to see me and they're going to take me seriously at work. And I actually felt a bit silly because it didn't have a purpose. It was just me posing around. I deleted the whole account, like literally went to zero, I didn't even deactivate it, it was deleted, like I removed it, and my friends are like, what have you done, why have you done that? And this was probably a couple of months before I set on my website. Oh so I'd, my gosh. I'd lost my, gosh. the following I'd built, which would have bought from me, just got rid of it because I just felt a bit silly for a while, so then I had to like build all that up again from scratch, but at least I was doing it with more of a purpose this time, and the people that really did, you know, um, you know trust me and want to buy mm-hmm. with me and stuff like that, they found me again. And I basically just thought, you know what, this is weird. All these comments from guys and stuff, they were weird. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remove this and I'll start again. And it worked a lot better. Obviously, at the time, I was like, why did I do that? Of
0: course. Uh, yeah. What's interesting in that, though, is obviously if you're starting a company and you're doing it for yourself, yeah. you, naturally people would be like, let me use those 10,000 followers and see how many of them convert. Mm. But what's interesting, you just said, was I felt weird. I felt uncomfortable, which meant that it didn't align to you. And I talk about this all the time, is that it's so easy to jump on a trend. It's Mm -hmm. so easy, as a girl as well, to be like, I'm just going to post these kind of photos that don't align with me because mm-hmm. I know it's gonna get more followers. Yeah. And I think our generation is quite sad because everyone's just trying to get more followers. Yeah. Everyone's obsessed with going viral. Mm. Every single t- clip on TikTok is like, I'm gonna show you how you can get viral within three minutes, mm. you know? And on Instagram, it's like, this is, I'm a social media manager and this is how I'm gonna get yeah. you 10 million followers. And we're obsessed with it. And often when you become obsessed with the numbers, you can forget your purpose. Because mm. if your goal is to reach more numbers, then it's very hard to stay authentic. But the one number one thing that will get you the numbers is if you are authentic.
1: Yeah. 100%. So it's like a bit of
0: a paradox. But it's interesting that you recognised that so early on and went with your heart.
1: Yeah, I, I'm surprised I did. I, I do think it was – I didn't think about it as deeply as that at the time because back then it was like, whoa, you got 10,000 followers. That's so cool. Yeah. Whereas actually I just felt I, – I did feel a bit silly at work. I don't know what it was. I, I just wanted to be a professional. Mm-hmm. I really did. I was stepping into the world of like – you know small businesses in London and I wanted to work my way up I didn't know where I was going to go or I didn't think the following would have any sort of value right um so I I did delete the account well before I'd thought of doing the shop so then so I important. I did think oh that's a shame but Naturally. also it's fine and I built it again and it, it you know it didn't set me back too far I didn't let it I just yeah. carried on and um but it was just a funny story like I just I can't believe I did it my friends were literally like what have you done
0: yeah I can imagine um,
1: but yeah it's all good at least I'd rather have the right people and I'm glad Definitely. that I look back on that I think I'm glad I recognized that then as well um, I want to talk about
0: you being an influencer because yeah. it is a role that causes a lot of controversy I think mm-hmm. a lot of people I don't know if you've seen these clips where people are saying oh it's not hard to be an influencer some people are saying it is it's interesting because I think to, to say something is harder than something else is to compare it. Yep. And you can't compare an influencing job or a job on social media or anything in like, the creative space mm-hmm. to an office job. You just can't. It's just they're two different worlds. Mm. But people always love to say how easy it is and how it is so fun and it's always so amazing. And mm-hmm. you get all this free stuff and you get invited to all these cool places. What are some of the best moments and worst moments for you?
1: Um, I think with the influencing side of things, because um, I'd had my business online from 2015. Mm-hmm. I always was doing both at the same time. So I kind of had uh, an interesting outlook in that I understood what it was like to be a brand approaching influencers yeah. and then also being an influencer helping a brand. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of in the middle. And um, that helped me know my worth a little bit more as well because so like if brands were approaching me, I think, okay, I should be charging this much or I should, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of... I had a bit more of an understanding of how it worked, which was good. But also I felt myself spreading myself very thin. Um, And I was just saying yes to stuff. I feel like I was spending a lot of my early 20s just saying yes to things because, oh, my God, you know, that's cash or that's a free item. And I'll be honest with you, the novelty did wear off quite quickly. Um, The events, wonderful, great. But you know what? I don't want to go to them anymore. I realized that a little while ago. We even talked about it earlier. Yeah. You know, it's it's you have to pick and choose. Hard, yeah, you need to find a niche, otherwise you're going to be spreading yourself in and not knowing who you are and why you're there. Yeah, and why you're getting this weird stuff in the post. It you need it's it's a funny one. Sometimes <laughs> I just turn up at my work and my desk there be so many packages. Obviously, that's an amazing thing. And I'm thinking, oh, this is cool. And I'd still even be like, wow, I can't believe this has been sent to me. But then I'm like, what am I going to do with that? Or mm. why have they sent me this? It's just because I said yes to too much stuff. And yeah. then I just – then then it, nothing's free, right? So Nothing is free. Yeah, nothing is free. So then I'm like, well, now I've got about another 10 things on my to-do list because I actually – I'm not going to just receive this without doing anything. Like, I want to help people as well because I know what it's like to be a small business. So mm-hmm. it was the case of I wanted to help small businesses – um I wanted to network because obviously that's important um I also found it hard to say no to opportunities like, with to do with like money and things like yeah. that I didn't want to take too much money out of the business at the time when it was yeah. growing um so then it could be like my actual pocket money I could spend on things I enjoy so I just yeah I tried a few different things and some partnerships have been amazing and what really suits me is the thing for the house because I'm yeah. like I've got, a, I've got a house page now and that's great like yeah. I genuinely if I were to say yes to a partnership there I would actually be using it and of enjoying course. it and, um that's makes more sense but I was just saying yes before to lots of different things and I've only literally this year decided I'm going to just seize all partnerships there because I'm not going to be doing I'm not going to be an influencer I've never really liked being considered that mm. it's, I'm more than that I'm a businesswoman exactly and um it's not something I've introduced recently that's something I've been putting out there for the best part of a
0: decade like it's interesting you say nothing is free because i think a lot mm-hmm. of people see the stuff that people get online and just think oh you're so lucky and it's like yeah this stuff is amazing but it's not going to pay my bills at the end of the day mm-hmm. and also the expectation of people to the expectation people put on you to make content Mm -hmm. out of the gifted items they sent you is crazy. So just for people who don't know, obviously gifted is when you're given something and you post it on your page, right? Yeah. An ad is when you're given something as a product, you review it and you do like a reel or like a post about it to share and you could be paid for that. And then there's the, the difference between those two is significant mm. because as a gifting you just you don't have an obligation if someone wants to gift you something you shouldn't be obliged and mm. I think the people who give me stuff and never say to me you never have to post only if you like it I'll go the extra mile because generally I only ever say yes I don't really have an office so things are sent to my house so I rarely give my address out but things are only sent to me if I approve them and I just say no now if I'm not going to use it yeah. because otherwise my room is just filled with useless really things
1: clutter as well it's yeah like, it's, um, I don't know what it is it's something to do with my mind. Mm-hmm. But I really don't do well with it. And I'm always decluttering. That's part of the reason why I started selling all my stuff in the first yeah. place back in the day. I can't have stuff I don't use in my home. Yeah. It, just, it just looks at me and it makes me feel like it's wasting space. And I, I think I'm a bit compulsive like that. Mm. I'm not like, in my home, I'm, I'm into my cleaning, Yeah, Canadian. yeah. tidying. And um, then I was like, this is doubly as annoying. Because it's yes. like, I actually... I feel bad that I've got this product now. Now I've got to do all these things for them, but I shouldn't have accepted it in the first place. They realised it. it with that. your whole heart. Yeah, I realised that soon after. And um, I even sent some things back, actually. Uh, really? I was like, actually, I don't think I can do this justice for you. I'm so sorry I'm going to send yeah. it back to you. Afterwards. Just that before. saying no. And I didn't and like it, the product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's important to you not know, sell yourself short because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, you're trying to build trust with an audience as well. 100%. And where I'm selling the actual products, I have to be very careful. Of um, course. And if you don't like a product, you shouldn't have to post it. Yeah. Now, free work is something I want to talk to
0: you about. Okay. Because free work, I think, as an influencer, like we've just said, you always do. Yeah. And often I think you're asked to do certain things that don't align with you. Mm-hmm. Did
1: you feel that in your 20s? Oh, 100%. I was just doing everything. I just, it's because I didn't know what, uh, I don't know, still working out who I was. Mm-hmm. I was still battling with some friendships, some relationships, just figuring out loads of different things. hmm and then I was like, okay, career wise, where do I want to go? What if I say no to that and then I missed meeting this person? You know, yeah. you kind of, around then, the, the whole like networking narrative was quite strong. It is not, also, not what you know, yeah. it's who you know, and all this. So I was constantly putting myself out there socially, mm-hmm. um, which was great to some extent. But other, other times I'd, I'd come back feeling worse from certain events and stuff. And it, yeah, it set me back a couple of steps actually rather than. Yeah. And I think there's
0: a narrative of if you don't do a certain thing, you'll never get the opportunity again, Mm. or you won't get this exposure. And now, this kind of exposure debate always frustrates me Mm. because people will love to. I think a lot of people think of it as, you know, it's great exposure for you, but that's not the field you want to go in. Yeah. So, how did you kind of battle that and learn how to say no?
1: Um, It's definitely something I started doing more in my late 20s. Okay. Um, But in terms of knowing, I think it took me a while to realize as well. Actually, I've built this audience, mm-hmm. and people are wanting to get their products and things in front of that audience. Therefore, I do need to, like, protect that a little bit and understand my worth and mm-hmm. things like that. And I, I was used to really undercharge for stuff to the point <laughs> where my friends found out, and she was like, "Nick, what are you doing?" And um, but people don't talk about it. This mm, is the problem. Yeah, I, I would even, say, for example, it was a small amount of money it's still like a lot of money to me it's same like this is the
0: problem I think that when you leave your corporate job and when you're doing something that you love Mm. like doing a reel or something in the beginning I was like oh my god I am like killing it I'm making so much money like wow I can't believe I'm charging that because you think about it per hour right or like per half an hour I went to an event recently and I was discussing how much I charge and the reason why I did that is if I came up to you and said Nikki how much you charge for a reel, you'd be like (laughs) <laughs> oh my God, that's just a bit intense. But I went into the conversation being really open mm. with that person to be like, I'm not sure if I'm charging the right amount. This is how much I charge, what do you think? Mm. And what that, was, what that did was allow that person to open up and tell me how much they charged. Okay. And then they were like, you are charging way less than you should be. And I was like, why does no one talk about this? Mm. And it's really difficult amongst influencers and creatives because a lot of the time you're invited to a lot of events where you're kind of battling for the same sponsorships or mm. the same partnerships or the same ads or whatever. But I believe that there is room for absolutely everybody. And people who tell me, like, it doesn't work like that, it's too competitive, there's no room for any of us, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't really want to ever talk to you again. Because what you're trying to say is, like, there is one person for one thing, and that's it, and you're not Mm -hmm. willing to share ideas, you're not willing to collaborate, you're not willing to work with one another. And not everyone has to share everything. Mm -hmm. That's also a different thing. If I don't have to share everything I'm doing and I have to tell you all my contacts, no one has to do that. But if someone's coming to you and saying, hey, I'm charging this much, what do you think? I think it's so powerful to give them your true, honest opinion. Because at the end of the day, at the end of that kind of day, we had like five or six people. We were all sharing how much we earn. We all were sharing different contacts in the industry. And now all of us are like, we're so thankful we met yeah. because we, got, we were able to realize that we were undercharging. And in this industry, no one tells you. And not, how is anyone, anyone going to tell you, mm-hmm. if I'm honest? If someone came up to me and said, Shivani, how much do you earn per real? I don't really want to say. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But if you came up to me and said, hey, I'm earning this much, what do you think? It's totally different.
1: Oh, 100%. I think as well, where, where I was... Uh, approaching influencers myself at the time as a brand I had a bit more of an understanding yes. as to what people were charging mm-hmm. so I kind of I then but then I still undercharged quite a bit but to be honest I'm, like I'm glad that's yeah. kind of I, I learned a lot obviously mm-hmm. and I was able to support a lot of people which is great and um was able to try lots of products and things like that but really I think um I'd say about three years ago I was like the beauty stuff yeah as much as I love it that's not my content it um doesn't feel right amongst everything else i'm trying to do mm-hmm. um so i let go of a lot of things there um even though i do really love it yeah it's part of me obviously but yeah. i just think i had my fingers in too many pies um but in terms of the influence inside of things i do think being an influencer is not easy mm-hmm. cause i've had experience in it and um, it comes with so much judgment especially now and i just sort of think Anyone that's doing that has to have thick skin. They have to know their worth. They have to make sure they um, are constantly choosing the right things for themselves. Uh, they put themselves... They have to filter everything they say. It's a lot. It and is. I was saying this to a friend the other day, that if I have a daughter or a son or whatever, I would not want them in that space. Really? No. I would love that if they had their own business. That'd be amazing. But in terms of, um, yeah, just influencing, I don't know if it's the right thing.
0: It is really difficult sometimes. That Look, I think what we're not trying to say is it's the worst job in the world. It's mm-hmm. great. We both do it. It's lovely. But there are downsides to it, which I think mm-hmm. people don't see. And one of the things I've been struggling with recently is the, the amount of messages I get for people to be like, can you share this? Can you talk about this? Mm. And especially with political things, especially with things that are going on in the world, Yeah. as an influencer, I am not educated enough to tell you about those things. There are certain things that I will research in detail and I will look into and then I will speak about them. I will do my best to share the resources, but I cannot be posting about something every single day that is going on in the world because otherwise my feed would literally be the news and I am not the news. And people honestly recently have been messaging me like horrible messages to be like why are you not speaking about this you think you're a feminist and you're not speaking about this and it's like i can't speak about every single issue Mm -hmm. i can post repost things where people can get more information i can repost the accounts who are specialists in that field but i cannot repost something about an issue that is close to however many people's hearts every single day Mm -hmm. because every single day there is something crazy that is going on and as much as and and. I'm really sympathetic to those things, and I will, I do my own part in donating to certain charities. I don't need to advertise that on my
1: Instagram, but when people are like, "Can you reshare this? Can you reshare this?" because mm-hmm. it cause it's you know interests them exactly and they're, what they're you know passionate about. But yeah, I completely agree. And actually, that whole crusade of when that began, when mm-hmm. everyone was like going after influencers for not sharing things in the in the media. Um, I saw so many people go in their shell. Like, actually, what that did was. Uh, do the opposite of what Mm -hmm. they wanted you I think it made people feel even more self-conscious and even more worried because you know you're damned if you do damned if you don't and I think if you are in that space you kind of need to claim what your thing is and then just stick to that because if you dabble in a bit of that then you're then held to it for everything else exactly and you just need to have a niche and I think (laughs) that's quite a big thing of what I was trying to do recently is really home in on something yeah. that I'm passionate about that I can I know I'll be able to post about consistently and confidently mm-hmm. that suits me whereas if I'm trying to wear all these hats and be a news reporter and I'm not I'm not a correspondent I don't know these things Literally. I also I'm covering different space I'm, ho- I'm hopefully I'm covering the Asian women in business space that's my little area and hopefully people that um, follow my page can see that. Mm-hmm. But there are people out there that are amazing at sharing these sort of, sorts of news yes. stories and um, they look into it properly and they educate people properly and follow them for that. But not everyone can do everything. And actually, the more you like were pushing people, I saw loads of my friends delete their accounts. Honestly, like it was it crazy. Was, it was a shame because it had the opposite effect to what people actually thought it would. And Um, you can't
0: check everything to see if it's right. Like, I have reposted something about an important issue and people are like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And I've reposted, like, BBC News or something and people have been like, why did you share that? And I'm like oh my gosh, I'm so scared now to post anything. And then the other thing is, is like you don't want to p- be posting things and then people attack you mm. because then they think the opposite way. Yeah.
1: Do you know what? I stay well away from anything political, actually. Yeah. Um, I have my own views. But generally, I, th- I think during the pandemic, quite a lot of us yes. stopped listening to the news. I mm-hmm. did. I, I still I, I still actually, don't. I don't listen to the news. The I, make a con- I used to every morning make my bed, Alexa, play, you know, yeah. news, update me. I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I know it's bad. If it's something that I need to know, I will go out my window. And I will research, and I will, mm. and I will also see it on my feeds and things yes, like that. Exactly. But I have to, for my mental mm-hmm. sanity, kind of keep myself away from all the bad stuff that's going on. There are so many horrible things happening all the time, and I can't absorb that as mm-hmm. well as processing all these other things I'm trying to do. And so, it's a personal choice for me yes. that I don't keep too updated with the news. Therefore, I'm not the right person to share that. Of course. So I hope, just by kind of keeping that. Mm-hmm. where it is and you know I hope people don't keep expecting that from me especially now I'm like tailored my content more towards business I mean I'm I'm not a correspondent sorry yeah none
0: of us are <laughs> Talking about mental health? Yeah. I want to talk to you about my sponsor heights. Oh, no. How aesthetic is this bottle?
1: Very nice. It's, it's good.
0: honestly really made such a big difference in my life. I just take two of these in the morning. Yeah. It has over 20 minerals, vitamins and antioxidants. And I just have it with some water. The best thing about them, these, they're brain care supplements. And I feel like we don't look after our brains enough. Mm. And often I think we're given so many different supplements for so many different things. This has kind of all of it in one. And it has omega-3 and I'm vegetarian. So for me, these are vegan. So it's like even better because I've never been able to have like a fishy omega 3 in my life before because I'm always like, is it controversial that I'm vegetarian but then I'm having omega 3? There's always that debate. <laughs> well here's a solution for anyone who's vegan out there. Oh. But yeah, no, I would love for you to try them because they've really helped me. I feel like they could help a lot with you.
1: Yeah, they look good. And I like that the fact that the capsules aren't too big because that yeah. freaks me out sometimes with omega 3 so they look really good. Yeah, I've heard no. of them before as
0: well. Have you? Yeah, no, they're really great. And I just feel like they're just such a nice part of my routine now. Because with me I feel like once something's in my routine I become obsessed with it.
1: It's mm. so
0: like have these, drink my dirty in the morning use my performance plan and then I feel like wow self-care done for the day (laughs) (laughs) so talking about your rebrand so you obviously started Nikita by Nikki, you grew and scaled that business now you've just done a whole rebrand and it's called Nikita yes tell me about that why did you choose to do that oh I'm quite excited to talk
1: about it actually okay um I well I started this when I was 23 so when I look well I don't know what it was I think it was pretty much quite a lot of last year I was looking at the website and everything and I was I was working I was growing it I was working on Amazon quite a lot behind the scenes and I just didn't wasn't feeling passionate about the website the products Mm. I really wasn't and then I've got a team and I've got to motivate them every day and something was lacking a little bit and I was wondering why am I not springing out of bed like I used to and um, I knew it's because I didn't identify with the branding anymore because I'm not a girly, swirly person like I was when I was 23. <laughs> i figured myself out now. I'm a 30-year-old woman. I know who I am. I know the kind of products I want to produce. Mm-hmm. But I knew it needed a, a complete change. And that was scary but also very, very exciting. And the idea just came to me. And I literally was like, I was to my um, uh, amazing marketing manager, Georgia, I was like, Georgia, we need to do a rebrand. She was like, what do you mean? I was like, literally, I think we need to like, change everything because it was like nearly there yeah there was elements that I was really proud of with the business but mm-hmm. they were kind of it just missed that overall like brand message mm-hmm. and I honestly like when I was working on it because I've I love doing web design anyway and I think with when you run a business you kind of have to do so many little things you put out small fires every day but with this I could go to work and I could get my teeth into something right and I loved it I'll just work on the website for like three days I didn't have to like worry about too much else yeah kind of just put my head down and focus and um. I felt the like fire in my belly. I did when I first started when I was twenty three, and I haven't felt that in what seven years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it felt really right. Therefore, didn't tell anyone. Thought yes. that's myself. This one's working for me. I'm not going to tell anyone. Um, obviously, told like, my partner and um, the girls at work and yeah, a few people. Actually, didn't even tell my mom and dad. Really? Yeah. I just they wouldn't get it unless they saw it, and Got it wasn't it. ready to show yet. So I didn't share. But.
0: It's interesting because I think our parents, they're from a completely different generation mm. in terms of they don't understand this whole mm. commerce, website, yeah. it, digital life. Like my mum and dad still don't get it. They're like, why are brands sending you this stuff? Like what benefit <laughs> is it to them? And I'm yeah. like, okay, my mum's slowly getting it. It's quite cute. We went for dinner the other day and um, my, we, we went to the restaurant. They were so nice to us. And we left my dad was like, I just don't get it. Like, what, why, have they, why have they just given us this whole meal for free? My mum was like, "Shivani has 70,000 followers. <laughs> and my dad was like, what? And I was just laughing so much because it was like them trying to communicate to each other what on earth I do. Yeah. And my, my dad was like, okay, I think I get it. I think I get it. It's like a form of advertising. Like if they put an ad out because you mm. put it on your story. And I was like, yes, dad, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. But for them, I think, Like when I told them I was quitting my job, they were like, what on earth are you going to do? Because for them, they don't understand that there's so much potential through social media and through this digital world to make so much money. And doing a rebrand of some sort is so tough Mm -hmm. because you never know how it's going to land. So I get that decision to kind of keep it quiet. But what I think is really nice is at the start of this podcast, you were talking to me about having a toxic boyfriend and Mm -hmm. you didn't tell him the idea or you told him the idea and he wasn't supportive. Mm -hmm. And now you just got recently got married, yeah. And you told your husband, yeah. And I'm sure he's
1: incredibly supportive, because yeah, honestly, I wouldn't have married him otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, that helps. But Mm -hmm. it still wouldn't affect my decision if I'm honest. Even if he kind of, if he was like, "Don't think you should do it," I would have still done it. Because how do you think you've changed them from when you were younger to now? um, I have created a brand. I've sold enough, I've received enough positive feedback, I back myself now, I didn't have any of that before. Wow. So with this new branding, I bounced off the girls at work, obviously, and, but it was, I, oh, I don't know what it is, all through my 20s, I used to think I was a really indecisive person. I used to literally, if I was to describe myself in three words, indecisive would have been one of them, and now, maybe since I turned 28, I think it was, it was quite pivotal, I know exactly what I want. And I'm so surprised. I never s- saw that for myself. As in I painted my living room mm-hmm. purple, dark purple. I w- never saw that come in. I then planned our weddings and made all of the decisions there. And, and I obviously make all the decision with the rebrand and everything like that. And I was thinking, you know what? I'm actually getting a lot better at decision making. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really sat and regretted anything. A couple of things maybe that I want to change eventually or whatever. Yeah. But I've, I just feel more confident in the, the decisions I make. So I don't need the validation from anyone anymore. And how do you think you got there? Age. (laughs) Honestly, I'm I'm loving being thirty already. Really? Yeah, this year has been the best year of my life. Okay, toughest. But the best. And I was very, very anxious about turning 30. Yeah, this is me right now. I'm yeah. literally like, I don't want to be 30. That's I, old yeah. in my head.
0: I mean, I'm going to have kids. I I'm
1: going to be know. married. Mate. I'm going to have my house.
0: Yeah. I don't have any of those things. <laughs> you,
1: know, you are smashing it. You've got an amazing podcast. <laughs> I can tell like, you've got self-confidence, self-awareness. Like, that Like is what you want at 30. It's not mm. about the physical things. It's not about, you know, if you've got your house, you've got your kids. And I don't have kids. I thought I'd have them at 26. Yeah. Who knows, whatever. But... It's more about knowing yourself. Mm. That's the aim. If you can aim up right by 30, I'd like to be able to make a decision and not regret it. That's why I got some tattoos. So I was going to get a tattoo. I'm not going to regret it. I'm 30 years old now. I'm not going to let myself regret it. Yeah. Whatever I made at this any decision I make at this age is one that, you know, I can I'll back myself. I think so
0: many of us set expectations for
1: ourselves. Mm. And when I was
0: younger, I used to say all these things you know, get married at this age, have a house by this age. And this year, I would say, has been the first year where I am so confident in terms of being who I am. It's the first year, I think, of my life. Right. And I think there's loads of things that have contributed to that. But I also think the podcast has helped me tremendously. Yeah. Because I, this was an outlet for me to express who I really am mm. and express how I really feel about things. And people are supporting it. Whilst my whole life, everyone's tried to like negate that. Yeah. And so whenever I say things like, don't ask you when I get married, everyone's like, don't be so difficult. You're going to be left on the shaft." Mm. On Instagram, everyone's like, yes. You know, <laughs> Don't ask me when I'm getting married. Don't ask me when I'm having so kids. Everyone thinks
1: it. But you know, it's nice when someone... You follow or something. Actually, says it. Yeah, with conviction. Exactly. Because you just don't see enough brown women doing it. Because they're just told to be quiet or like. Exactly. That's how we're brought up. You know, be helpful. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, just be what all the aunties want you to be. Essentially, subservient. Like, yeah, hundred percent. And you know, be successful, but don't. Don't like brag. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be, tell it. anyone too much. That's yeah, always exactly. I get told. Like, yeah. don't
0: tell anyone anything.
1: Be successful, but also be a real family person as well. Do everything for everyone else. I, I, I don't know. I just think it's. I've always kind of felt like that. And luckily, I think I'm. I'm lucky that my, my family aren't like that. Mm-hmm. I'm very that they are very chilled out. Actually, yeah. um, some old school. I just have learned to lower my expectations with certain people, even, people I'm very close to now. Yes. Um, learned a lot in my twenties. I've had l- loads of like. Um, you know, when relationships end, friendships, um partners, everything, like it's hard. It is. And I I know I had a part to play in a lot of it. Same. But now, I think where I am 30, I don't think it's too much to do with that particular milestone of like age, but I just think you know, just all those mm. um experiences have led me to just back myself more 100%. So that's why when I did the rebrand or like decided to do the rebrand, like Honestly, it was like when I was working, out, smoke was coming out my fingers. Like no one was going to tell me anything. Like it, it was, it was great. And then everyone's like getting on board because they mm-hmm. can see my energy. So and it's I think you're just sure well. of yourself. And yeah. when you're sure of
0: yourself, you're just proud of yourself no matter what. Mm. And that you know, going back to kind of other people telling you what to do, I heard a quote the other day, mm. and it honestly makes me feel so empowered every time I say it because mm. it said, "If someone says you're too much." tell them to go be less somewhere else
1: yeah and it just
0: made me feel so amazing because it's like when someone tells me I'm too much that's okay you go be less somewhere else Mm -hmm. you know and it just it made me feel so empowered Mm -hmm. because for so long everyone always be like you're too this and you're too that well you go and be less yeah no problem and I'm not gonna let you affect me and you know I have these crystals from soul space and the owner Sonali she always says to me when I'm doing my podcast when I meet other people because I am sensitive she's like just imagine there's a bubble around you Mm. and no one can touch you and she's like just pretend that these bracelets are like a protector And so for me now, there's always going to be people that are negative in your life, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, Mm. whether that's family, whether that's your friends, whether that's family friends, whether that's a business person or Mm. someone at work, whoever it is, you're always going to have someone, unfortunately, who you're not going to get along with. And we can't just cut everyone out of our lives. Mm. But to always remember that they can't touch you, yeah. that they can't affect your peace, 100%. and only you can control your happiness, it just empowers you in every way. That's when you're and you And let them be who they want to be. At the end of the day, I always feel good triumphs evil. Mm. And like, I just really believe in like God and the universe, and I just believe in karma. And I feel like yeah. if you're mean, it's just going to come back to you. Not from me, yeah. never from me, but from someone else.
1: Understood. So let it. Like, it's fine. Do you feel like you've become more spiritual as you've got a little bit more? hundred percent. Yeah, I didn't see that coming, actually, yeah. myself. I've well, always be been quite
0: spiritual, though, since yeah. since I've been a kid. Mm. But I've always been so drowned by other people's opinions. And for some reason, that quote about, like, being too much and being mm. too, like, going, be, being less, mm. it just really made me feel so empowered. I don't know what it was about that quote. And generally, when I do, because I go to the temple quite a lot, and I, sometimes when I'm feeling really low, I speak to some friends there that are monks, and they always tell me, you know, God will always reward you when you do good things, always. And it may not come from that person, but at the end of the day, you just have to believe that everything is rigged in your favor. And I learned that from a podcast last week Mm. from Lauren. And she said, I always believe in this mantra, that whatever is happening in the world,
1: it's rigged in my favor. Yeah, And I was like, how amazing You carry yourself like that as well. You attract so much more. I do believe that. I actually do. And I've I've felt it Mm. in the last couple of years, the way I've... I don't know, pivoted my energy. If mm. I were to focus on the negative stuff and I respond to things a lot more, I would invite so much more of it in. But I, I, um, I believe I carry positive energy and mm-hmm. people see it online and they respond well to it because that is okay. infectious. It is. Um, and as long as I, underst- as I know that about myself, mm-hmm. I won't let it get to me. Exactly. I do think there are a few different types of negative comments. Mm-hmm. I think there's ones that can be helpful I yes constructive. Yeah, constructive criticism. Sure. Maybe not said in the nicest way, but they can actually <laughs> improve things. Yes. You know, if you take there's so many things that I've improved based on some like negative reviews from customers, things like that. So some things I believe you can take on the chin and improve on. There are other ones that are meant from say loved ones, like my mm-hmm. cousin. Looking out for me. Yeah. With love.
0: Just don't have to communicate yeah. it in the best way, yeah.
1: But you know, that yeah, it's with love and also they're look they're just trying to care for you. So it's worth taking a couple, a few things like that on board and then there are ones that are from a jealous place yes a place where they're not they don't feel they're measuring up and their insecurities then projected onto you but it's good to be able to differentiate between the three because then you can basically ensure you don't assign any energy to that. that last one because it's not your responsibility to deal with other people's insecurity it's not it can't be how can it be? But
0: jealousy is so difficult because when someone is jealous of you, and I often think that if, someone, if you hear someone saying, oh, that person's just jealous of me, people think you're arrogant or mm. people think there's something wrong, but you just know, and I always say this, I said this in all of my podcasts, energy doesn't lie. And I'm quite intuitive, I always have been from a young age, and I know when someone doesn't like me. Mm. But if someone is jealous of you, what can you do? Mm.
1: I, oh, I don't know. I think, How do you handle it? it? Do you mean from people I know or yeah. like strangers? From strangers, I think we don't really
0: care, right? You're just like, you be jealous, go yeah, away. Fair. But when it's people you know and you, you you believe that they're jealous of you
1: and they're not happy for you, mm. how do you cope with them? Gradually, I don't know, just spent less time with them.
0: It's interesting.
1: Yeah, sad, but... It, it is sad. It does... It is it, actually sad because before that, I didn't know anything. I didn't think that would ever be the case. But it's something that maybe they... Like, not everyone can help that feeling as well. It's of really course, human. it like, is. To compare and and to, I don't know. Th- it yeah, it's a shame sometimes because when you're when you're comfortable with yourself, you don't ever feel that way about other people. Never. Like, oh, go on, well done. Of like, course, that's how I feel because I put so much work into myself exactly. lately. I never used to do. It. I used to get jealous before. Used okay. To get jealous when I was twenty five, twenty three, used to say, oh, I was, "Oh, why haven't I got that one?" You know, I did a bit of work and now I can actually root people on properly. Exactly.
0: Whenever you feel jealous or envious, you can turn that mm. into motivation. 100%. Like if you're jealous of someone, that's great. Recognize that feeling. Say, I am jealous of that person. Mm. How can I actually achieve something similar? Yeah. If someone has moved into a house and you want to do that, then realize, okay, I'm jealous because I want my own house. Okay, if I want my own house, this is my plan. And I'm going to be happy for that person because whether I'm jealous or not, whether I make a horrible comment or not, I'm never going to take your house away. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting part with people is that unfortunately, when talking about your comments before, if someone tells me a negative thing about myself or if they're bitching about me and I hear it from someone else... At that moment, I shut off from that person. Because mm. I'm like, if you don't tell me, that means that you weren't telling me in a constructive way, yeah. which means there's a difference between being bitchy or there's a difference between telling something to someone negative and helping them to change it. And if you're being bitchy, for me, it's a no-go. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no. I yeah. have no respect for you. Yeah. If you want to tell me something and you believe I've done something wrong please to come and tell me. And I have that open relationship with so many people. I'm, yeah. I tell people very, very much from the start. I'm very confrontational. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm very like aggressive all the mm. time. I, I can be, for sure. Things, right? But um, well. I want to resolve things. Yeah. If you have a problem with me, come and tell me. Yeah. And with all my friends, they come and tell me. But If I hear from someone that someone says something behind my back, and I'm quite intuitive, I can always tell when something has come from someone else. Mm. And they've said it just to like, just to let you know Shivani did this. Mm. I'm very much like, no, you're not a good person to me.
1: Yeah, um, it just shuts me off. It's the whole gossiping situation. Sucking. I pick it up very quickly, actually. Yeah. If someone starts gossiping to me about someone else, I'm like, you're doing that about me, I swear. 100%. I know for a fact. Yeah. Um, I do think if you're hanging out with a friend and your conversations are centred around talking about other people, you may not have you know that much of a common ground with that friend because clearly conversation is lacking you have to then mm-hmm. be nasty about other people and it's, that's not a good vibe you want to be bouncing off each other lifting each other up exactly. talking about interesting things and I learned that as well you know through my 20s and yeah maybe I'll learn a bit more in my 30s you never know but
0: I think it's yeah. all habit if you're con- if I'm constantly talking to you about everyone being negative mm. that's just proving to me that you and I are both insecure because we're mm. just trying to make ourselves feel better if I'm talking to you about all these positive things mm. it just shows that we're like high vibe yeah. and this is all to do with like manifesting and like you know being on this high vibe and like being happy for other mm. people and I think you know there's so many influencers out there who say like oh Indian girls aren't supportive I think they are and I said I talked about this before as well is if you keep saying other people aren't Supportive, then what you're going to do? Not be supportive, mm. and then guess what? People aren't going to be supportive to you. It's just a cycle. Yeah. If you're supportive, it will come back to you, yeah. and then that way you'll be like everyone's supporting me, and you're just creating a positive atmosphere. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the most important thing. And that's the most beautiful thing about social media. Mm. You can choose who you follow. Mm. If you don't like someone, don't follow them. It's okay. Someone commented on my post the other day and they were like, Why do I listen to you? Ex- why should we listen to you exactly? I said, Feel free to unfollow. <laughs> and he was like, Done. And I was like, Great. Have a good day. <laughs> like, what? You don't need to listen to me. No, no. Like, I'm, I'm not here to preach to anyone. I'm just mm. genuinely sharing my opinion, having a great conversation. And if you want to listen to it, listen to it. If you don't, it's okay. Yeah. But if it helps some people,
1: then excellent but it's not going to help everyone yeah and you can kind of as long as I know that the feedback I'm getting online is majority positive mm-hmm. and sometimes it's so lovely like if you're putting out things you know to do with inspiring people to have their own businesses it, sometimes it really hits home for people and it, you get a, I get a different level of feedback and it's mm-hmm. lovely rather than oh I like your outfit exactly like this. It's, it's deeper yes so if I'm getting that and then the odd negative comment is lingering somewhere that's fine because the good is outweighing the bad so for much, sure. and then I know, you know what, this is the right kind of thing. So it might trigger a few people, which obviously I'd rather it didn't. but mm-hmm. What that can you do? Might happen, yeah. But as long as you know, I'm, it's deeper than you your know, clothes, nice, like your outfit. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted, and that's why I'm like moving right. things a little bit more as well on my page because it wasn't working for me. i was I just love getting that. the kind of like what's the word superficial things, yeah. Yeah, you're starting your own podcast, aren't you? Yeah, so I used to have one before. Okay, and I have oh again started that quite a few years ago, and I'm listening to it like who is this girl talking? Why is she <laughs> so why is she so unsure of herself? Okay, and I wanted to just redo it. Okay, so um it's called Girl Boss. Girl is bossed out, obviously. Lovely, um, but yeah, no, I wanted to do that because um I want to interview people. I feel like I was kind of being interviewed. No, actually, I'm mm-hmm. going to ask some people some questions, and. Uh, Yeah, it's been really fun. So I've got a few episodes lined up and I'm going to be sharing them soon. And it's all exciting. Like um, kind of in line with my Mm rebrand and I'm going to be sponsoring my own podcast. I think, why the hell not? I need to do that with my
0: performance planner and everyone keeps telling me like you don't really talk about it enough. I'm like, I need to do it. So everyone buy a performance planner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think it's, it's nice because i I was thinking, okay, great, because now my podcast actually fits with my brand now, whereas mm. before it was like an, another little thing I was doing on the side. Yes. And I felt really fragmented. All these different things I had um, interest in, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to connect everything now, mm-hmm. um, like with my pages. I'm like trying to focus my page, trying to focus everything in, because it, it is overwhelming when you're trying to do everything. Of course. So I want to do things well, and I think that's the <laughs> that's the hardest thing, actually, I think mm. now that I'm trying to figure out is balancing the pressures I put on myself. So I'm, I'm quite, I just set the bar very high. Yes. Um, because I've done the work on myself lately and I know I'm worthy of certain things and I deserve certain things, which is great. Mm-hmm. But then end up putting a lot of pressure on myself. Like, I literally want a really nice house. I want I it to be clean. I want it to be lovely. I want it to be welcoming when people come over. I want to be an amazing host. I want to be a great partner. I want to be a really great daughter and look after my parents. I want to be a really fun friend, really supportive. I also want to excel in my career and I want to do this and I want to do these kind of products that are the best quality and it's a lot.
0: I can imagine. But
1: I'm glad I have that in me because I don't want to settle for anything. But I do... It can be exhausting, so I set the bar very high. Even if we've got people coming over, I'm stressing out big time, and Jack's like, Nick, what's what's the issue? I was like, no, I want it to be great. Do you not (laughs) understand? This is going to be the best Halloween party ever. Do you know what I mean? It's it's good, but it's, it's kind of probably the thing i need to work on now because mm-hmm. actually it's taking the fun out of a lot of things yeah and often yeah. what's what's like the best
0: what's average for you is often the best for everyone else oh, yeah. so no one ever knows that even with a podcast if i mess up on a few questions i'm like oh my god that was awful everyone's <laughs> like it was great because everyone else's expectations are different yeah but before we close i always do a truth or dare oh my god Like okay. would you like okay i'll choose truth what's been your proudest moment so far
1: Oh, what are the whole, like... Of your whole journey. Well, business journey. Yeah. Or anything,
0: actually. It doesn't have to necessarily be business. It's
1: probably the rebrand. Yeah. I know it's the most recent. Yeah. that why I'm saying it. But I think it was the fact that I changed so much in one go. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared. Like, I literally had palpitations before I launched it. Like, it was a whole new level of nerves. And honestly, I nearly let that whole, like, fear that the bubble of fear hold me back and I wasn't gonna do it. I was like, oh, maybe I won't do that bit. I won't post that bit. Maybe I won't share that or I'll do the website later or I'll do the podcast later. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I overcame a lot of that. And I'm proud because I was working on it throughout the stress of the wedding, which in itself was unbelievable. I can imagine. Like, (laughs) it was my fault really, because I didn't didn't plan enough the year before because I was just demotivated with COVID and stuff. So I ended up planning like two big weddings. In six months, uh, as well as doing a whole rebrand, changing everything, as well as trying to have fun on my hen, like exactly. do all these things. And enjoy and, life. Yeah, enjoy my 30th. And I, honestly, like the burnout was next level. But I did feel a bit of burnout the last month when I've been doing the rebrand. It was a different kind of burnout though. Mm-hmm. I was trying to explain it to you. I was like, oh, are you okay? Like, how you doing? Say a friend or whatever. And I was like, you know what? It's a weird one. Like I'm actually exhausted but I'm very happy about it. It was a Interesting. weird one because okay. I was doing something I literally felt so passionate about. Like I loved going into work and working on that website because it was looking better and better every day, mm-hmm. and I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. And it was such a nice obsession. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you've heard of a thing called like the flow state. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was in my flow state with that, like and okay. I literally, I didn't even need music on. Yeah, I literally just into it, and it was like a haze was around me because I was so focused and I haven't felt like that in so long. So to get myself to that point, mm-hmm. I was very proud of myself for because I could have stayed where I was because it's comfortable and yeah. I knew that it was kind of working well. And, and but because you didn't tell anyone, you could have just missed out details. Honestly,
0: yeah, you I didn't. thought about it. <laughs> I can imagine. I thought about
1: just, uh, I don't know, maybe not explaining to my followers why I'm changing. I thought, yes. mate, do they need to know? Do I need to really put myself out there and be vulnerable like that? But really you know, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Why can't I be honest? Why can't I just share the real reason why I've changed everything? Like mm. I wasn't fi- I wasn't connecting with it. Mm. I don't need to like gatekeep that. I don't need to say that, oh, actually, it's great, but I'm just making improvements. So actually, I didn't like it as it was. Mm. I'd liked it when I first started, liked it a couple of years, and it was great mm. and it grew, but I wasn't connecting to it. And I knew I needed to change, so I made a change. If something doesn't work for you, you can make a change. That's yeah. like the best thing. And I feel like, and I because look, I've looked back at the whole journey as well, And I've like, I've noticed I change things a lot Mm -hmm. and I'm glad Mm -hmm. because I then can still stay connected to it and then enjoy it as I go. I don't want to ever be in a position where I'm just doing something and start resenting the business because I've I've lost that connection to it or it's grown too much and I I can't, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I can't keep control of it anymore. Like I actually realized now as well, well, when I first started, I wanted this whole like... You know the film, The Intern? Yeah. Anne Hathaway. And she, walked, mm-hmm. she like, rides on a little bike in this mm-hmm. office and all these glass doors everywhere and all these people working for her. And I was like, oh my God. I want that. She is goals. That was literally when I was younger. That's what I wanted. And now I'm like, you know what? I quite like the business as it is now. Mm-hmm. I like the size it is. I like the, the growth. I'm proud of it. And um, I like that I've still got control over the designs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I kind of let it scale so much, I'd lose so much of it hmm and I kind of realized actually I don't need it to be huge yes not everything needs to be massive not everything needs to be so overwhelmingly Like your goals don't need to be miles away like your goals can be achievable and I'm glad I figured that out and then with the rebrand I actually set quite an achievable goal even though I was like oh sh- we were scheduled to launch it uh, at the beginning of October I was like not ready yet I'm just gonna do it 20 days later yeah launched it 20 years later and it's fine like, I'm just trying not to put too much pressure on myself
0: and not everyone has to be like have the craziest goals and have the craziest expectations of themselves
1: honestly and
0: I think that's such a pressure yeah but I'm so grateful that you came on oh, I love talking to you thank you so much and I'm really excited to see where Nikita goes thank so, you so much. thank you so much for coming oh thank you hey everyone and thank you so much for listening to this podcast wherever you're listening or watching if you could press the like follow and subscribe button it would mean the world to me